Welcome back to Decom Cool and Collected. I'm Kelly. And I'm Elizabeth. And you guys, this week we watched Cheaper by the Dozen. And as I said literally five seconds ago before we hit record, I fucking love this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. This one, okay, I didn't know that this was a Christmas release. Yes. Yeah. That was made clear. I, look, I saw the slogan on IMDb and it was like, this Christmas, it gets crazy. Yeah. And then that's why they ended the movie with a Christmas scene and Hilary Duff also has like an end credit Christmas song. Oh, I didn't see they that. They really marketed it around Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> December 25th, 2003. Look at that. I... We did not see movies on Christmas Day in, back in 2003. Yeah. But no if we had, this would have been a contender. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Like, a lot of people do that, and it seems like a fun, family-friendly movie. Yes. Um, we, ha- we have a stacked cast. We have a stacked soundtrack. Listen, <laughs> I will die on this hill. Cheaper by the Dozen 1 and 2 are the best non-musical movie soundtracks ever made. I would not go that far. I do think they're I good, would, but I disagree with. That. I have a playlist on Spotify of both movie soundtracks, and I listen to them all the time because they are so good. Yeah, it's it's good, but it's not incredible. I've heard better. Okay, like I said, we have a stacked cast, so much so that I didn't even go into Steve Martin's career. Because first of all, you know who Steve Martin is. Yeah. Second of all, we have so many other people to go through. And also, this is his most important thing he's done in his career. True. Anyway. True. Uh, Saturday Night Live? Who cares? Uh, Cheaper by the Dozen? Incredible. Oscar worthy. Amazing. Um, yeah, if you don't know who Steve Martin is, why are you listening to this podcast? <laughs> You're not invited. <laughs> I mean, I hardly know who Steve Martin is. I know Steve Martin because of this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and any other time he showed up somewhere, it's been Tom Baker from Cheaper by the Dozen. <laughs> yeah. Um, next we have Mom, played by Bonnie Hunt. You may know her as the voice of Sally in Cars. She was also in Jumanji, the yeah. original Beethoven movie. Uh, she's also featured in Rain Man and Jerry Maguire, two Tom Cruise movies I know you have not seen. Yep. <laughs> Don't plan to. Um, Nora is played by Piper Parabo. You may have seen her in Coyote Ugly. Uh, this weird movie with Diane Keaton and Mandy Moore called Because I Said So. Uh, Covert Affairs or... The Prestige, which is fucking fantastic. Highly recommend. Um, Tom Welling, who plays Charlie, you know from Smallville. I've never seen Smallville. However, they used to play commercials all the time on ABC Family, so I feel like I have seen it. Um, Hilary Duff, obviously. She plays Lorraine. Uh, Kevin G. Schmidt, who plays Henry. We saw him in Pepper Fat Kid and Princess Protection Program. Allison Stoner, we also met in Camp Rock. Morgan York, we met in The Pacifier. Liliana Mumi, Mumi. Um, she was the little girl in the Santa Claus 2 and 3. She does mostly voice acting now. Um, Brent and Shane Kinsman, who played Nigel and Kyle, they went on to play a kid in Desperate Housewives. Um, Paula Marshall, who plays the neighbor mom, she, she is Mrs. Jacobs in Euphoria. And yes, as I was watching Euphoria, I thought to myself, that's the mom from Brad the Dozen. <laughs> um, Stephen Anthony Lawrence, who plays Dylan, Beans? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I kept calling him Beans, and then I remembered that the frog's the name frog is also named Beans. beans. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, they did not think about that. How much crossover there would be. Um, his dad is played by Alan Ruck, who you probably know as Cameron from Ferris Bueller. Um, he's been in many, many, many movies, like Speed, Twister, uh, the television show Spin City. Um, he is most recently uh, 
uh, I forget his character's name, the oldest brother in Succession, and he's in a couple episodes of The Dropout, the Elizabeth Holmes show. Um, Richard Jenkins, who plays Shake, he's a guy you see, like, everywhere and anywhere. Um, some of the movies I've seen that he's been in, uh, Nightmare Alley, the new one, The Shape of Water, Cabin in the Woods, Dear John, Step Brothers, Rumor Has It, and Fun with Dick and Jane. Um, Dad, what? He's the dad from Six Feet Under, which I've been watching on HBO Max. Okay, I did not watch Six <laughs> Feet Under. <laughs> I've been watching it while I crochet. It's kind of weird, I don't know how I feel about it. I... I, it's always listed in one of those um, um, lists of, like, best series finales. Uh, I've, I've read it multiple times in, like, lists of, like, oh, if you've watched this and enjoyed this, blah, 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 tried this show. So I finally did. It's very strange. But there's four seasons, so I'm, like, something, something. <laughs> I don't know. It's not bad. I'm just, like, I don't know how I feel about this yet. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Ashton Kutcher who plays Hank, he's actually uncredited. I was going through IMDb, and he didn't come on until the very end. I was like, oh yeah, duh! Um, obviously, he's been in many, many movies. He's also probably best known for That 70s Show. He's also in Two and a Half Men, the movies New Year's Eve and Valentine's Day. Um, some other movies he's been in that I've seen, Killers, What Happens in Vegas, and he's also star of the television show Pumped. I was gonna say, whenever you said most known for, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Well, that's what I most know him for. Um, speaking of punked, at the very end of the movie, we see Oprah's camera crew, and Oprah's camera crew is played by the camera crew on Punked. And one of those people is Dax Shepard, yeah. who is now an actor. He's been in many, many movies, but he's probably most famous for being Kristen Bell's husband. I agree. <laughs> um, we also have um, a couple bullies. One played by <laughs> Cody Lindley, a.k.a. Jake Ryan. Yep. <laughs> and a sideways, upside-down visor. <laughs> Why? And Jared Padalecki, who is Sam in Supernatural. But most importantly, he plays one of the worst characters to ever grace our television screens. Dean from Gilmore Girls. <laughs> yeah. Why is he always a bully? He's a bully in something else. I something don't else we watch. Um, I did read in the IMDb, uh, he auditioned for Charlie... But they chose Tom Welling instead, but they wanted someone taller than Tom Welling to play the bully, so they brought him back to play the bully. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that's all I have for people. Like I said, stacked cast. Yeah. It is 12 children who star in this movie. Get, like, all pretty equal screen time. Yeah, with two very famous parents. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And very famous supporting cast. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but they knew what they were doing with this movie. Of course. Um, this movie is a remake, but, like, who fucking cares? Oh, irrelevant. No one cares. It's also based on a book, but it's much, the only thing that, like, really the book shares is, like, 12 kids and the name. Irrelevant. So, who cares? Um, shall we begin? Yes. Okay, so we open on Tom Baker. He is returning home from a morning run in his town of Midland, Illinois. Over this scene is These Are Days by 10,000 Maniacs. <laughs> Great fit for the scene. <laughs> so he's running through the Illinois farmland. He sort of runs through this, like, small downtown area. You can see, like, it's definitely sort of this small farm town type vibe. Kate, his wife, is narrating. She says that Tom works as the coach at uh, Division Three Lincoln College. And they have 12 kids. 
Um, this is, her narration is sort of like the book that she's writing about her family. Mm -hmm. Um, so they met in college and they both wanted big families. They both wanted eight kids. Uh, first came Nora, Charlie, and Lorraine. And after those three, they realized that they had to leave the city and sort of put their career dreams on hold if they wanted the big family. Yeah, mom was like a journalist and she was like working, button, bustling journalism. Had it all. Yeah, and, and Tom was coaching at a good school, all this stuff. But they decided they needed to move to the country to take care of their ginormous family. Yes, yeah, so next in consecutive years came Henry, Sarah, Jake, and Mark. <laughs> Whew! <laughs> and then that was seven. And then they ended up having twins next. Jessica and Kim, which kept them at nine, so they were like, okay, we're done. Um, and they were like, with each child meant less and less of a career, uh, of our career dreams. Um, and then came Mike, who was an accident, and then Tom got a vasectomy, but they didn't listen to the doctor when he said to wait a few weeks for the procedure to kick in. So then they had Nigel and Kyle, and that put them at 12. Yeah. <laughs> I do really like this opening. It's very, it's like under five minutes, and we learn everything we need to know about the Baker family, and like everything we need to know for the rest of the movie, basically. Mm -hmm. Well, and this scene is very much for like the parents watching, because as a kid, like I didn't know what any of that meant. I didn't know what a vasectomy I yeah. remember they like held the scalpel, and then he fainted, and yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and basically how they got to 12 children, because that's not as common as it used to be. Yeah, so, um, then Dad, or Tom, I call him Dad, usually. I call him both. <laughs> yeah, so he goes into Charlie's room, Charlie being the oldest who lives in the house still, and he's, he's like... the second oldest in the family. Yeah. He's like, you're not gonna get into a good scholarship with us, or get a good college sports scholarship if you have this bad attitude and work ethic and... You need to not sneak in. Mom caught you. You're in trouble. And Charlie's like, well, I don't know if I want to go to college. My girlfriend offered me a job. In, in, in the auto body shop. <laughs> yeah. And Dad's like, uh, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, so basically we cut to, like, this crazy morning at the house. Um, Lorraine and Sarah are fighting like they normally do because they're exact opposites. Uh, Mark is looking for his pet frog that he lost. He can't find it. Mm -hmm. Um... Let's see, Kate receives an email from Nora, their oldest, that she's moving into an apartment with her boyfriend, Hank. Uh, so this is sort of a bit of contention, because they told them that whenever they come to the house, they can't stay in the same room, so Nora decides to move in together. Nora's 22, by the way. <laughs> yeah, but also, <laughs> like, that's one thing I don't get. They, like, briefly talk about, like, God at one point. They, like, mention it slightly, but, like... They don't seem to go to church or anything. They just doesn't seem like a very conservative family. It's still, it's like a thing. Because <laughs> even when we go on family vacation, sometimes significant others will go, even like fiancés. But if you're not married, you're not allowed to stay in the same room. And everyone just like abides by it. Well, yeah, but that's your family. <laughs> that's your extended family, too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, let's see. Yeah, everyone is like making breakfast and lunches all together. Mark sees his frog in, like, the chandelier above the table, so he tries to catch it with, like, a fishing net, and the frog jumps on the food and, like, makes a mess. Eggs spill everywhere. Toast flies everywhere. Yeah, um, and then we have this whole scene of everyone trying to catch beans. Um, it's a whole thing, but Dad is the one who grabs the net, and he's running around. He dramatically catches beans. Everyone then, cheers. Yeah, he hands the net to Mark and is like, put beans in his cage. 
now. And as Mark turns with the net and beans in there, he knocks over all of these glasses, and Mom's like, is everything broken? And then one of of the kids is like, good job, FedEx. They're so fucking mean to him. They're so mean to Mark. They call Mark FedEx because they said the FedEx man dropped him off because he doesn't fit in with his family. Mom couldn't have give birth, given birth to him. They're so... They <laughs> all hang up on him. Like, he couldn't have at least had been one of the ones with a twin or something. And poor Mark, he's not like the sibling... Like, Sarah and Lorraine gang up, gang up on each other, but it's a pretty fair fight between the two of them. They both fire back. Mark, like, he doesn't have that. He just sits there and he feels bad. I feel and, so bad for Mark. And, like, and Charlie has that, like, kind of relationship with Henry where Henry really looks up to him. Mark has no one. Mark has no one. Um, so then we see everyone leaving for school. Um, Kate tries to comfort Mark over the FedEx comment, but then Nigel and Kyle start beating each other. Nigel and Kyle are the youngest. They're like, I don't know, five years old. They start beating each other up, so she has to go break them up, and then she turns around, but Mark has already left for school. Well, yeah, I don't know why they don't correct that as it's happening, because whenever Sarah says FedEx, they don't say anything to her. They're not like, hey, don't call him that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not I, good. Mm-hmm, I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> that's, I'll save that for therapy. <laughs> um, so Nigel and Kyle are at football practice with Dad. Shake comes into Tom's office. So Shake was, like, Tom's friend in high school. He was the only – he was his best man at his wedding, the only non-family member invited to their wedding. Um, and Shake was, like, the all-star high, like, college quarterback while Tom was, like, a third-string bench-warming receiver. Um, and it's always been Tom's dream to coach at the college that he went, that he met Kate at, that he, uh, went to school with Shake at. And so that's what he comes in to tell him, is that they're going to offer him the coaching job at his old, high, at his old college, which is basically his dream job. So, back at home, Tom takes Kate down to the basement to tell her the news. The kids drop Mike down a laundry chute so that he can <laughs> listen. Um, but they're like, you know, a new job means a lot more money. Because, like, in the beginning, we also heard Kate say, she's like, 12, it's our number. 12 is blah, 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 blah. 12 is the amount of times we zero our bank account trying to make ends meet. So we know that they struggle with money having 12 children. Yeah. Um, Kate is hesitant at first, but she does want Tom to have his dream job. Uh, because as we sort of seen before, careers are both very important to both of them, but they've had to put that on hold. Yeah. So whenever, uh, the kids pull Mike up, he's like, we're moving. So they, they decide they're going to tell the kids, but they haven't yet. And <laughs> they need to take their Christmas card now because it's cheaper if you order your Christmas cards in, uh, whatever t- month it is. In May. Yeah. Yeah. So all the kids are sitting out on the front porch in their Christmas sweaters. They're all very sullen and sad. Jake walks out. Jake is like the skater kid. He's like 12 years old. He walks out in all black. And Kate is like, like Jake, do you have to wear black? And Lorraine, who is the like girly girl, like fashion uh, forward, like very appearance uh, concerned, she goes, black works, mom. Jesus like had his funeral on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> so I think with Sarah, she goes... Jesus had a funeral on Easter, Barbie, and then one of the twins who were like no-dolls, they go, he rose from the dead on Easter, moron! (laughs) (laughs) Which I have to say, like, every single kid in this movie is so fucking good, which I think is what makes this movie so good. Mm -hmm. Um, So they all start fighting. Yeah, they all start fighting, and they're like, we heard we're moving! Why? (laughs) So then they have this family meeting in the living room. None of the kids want to move. It's like four hours away, closer to Chicago. Um... 
they call in Nora for this uh, like family meeting. She's on the phone while Hank is playing video games behind her. Um, Tom explains to the kids, he's like, this job is what I've always wanted, and I promise with this move we'll be a happier and stronger family. But none of the kids are really going for it. Yeah, they're like, let's take a vote. And then Dad's like, oh, that's fine, but, like, me and Mom have final say. And they're like, this is not a democracy. <laughs> so they do vote anyway, and I think they had four oh, yeses. It's eight no's, three yeses, and three maybes. And then they're just like, we're going to move. Yeah. <laughs> so it's moving day, and guess what's playing? Life is a highway, <laughs> as they're driving down the highway. Um, okay, well, before that, they're, like, getting, they're, like, packing up the car and stuff. Henry and his band are playing taps. <laughs> Okay, this is terrible. I went to um, my uncle's funeral a few years ago. He's a veteran, and they obviously played taps at his funeral. And (laughs) the first thing I thought of was Cheaper by the Dozen, because it was the first time I'd ever heard it. That's not terrible. You're just... (laughs) The association you have. Um, Charlie tells Tom that he's ruining his life. Uh, Kygel... Kygel... (laughs) Kyle and Nigel are yelling, and then that's when we all leave and we get the life is the highway. So they all arrive at the new house. Um, it's a very big house because they say the twins share, which are, there's two sets of twins, but everyone else gets their own rooms. Yeah. That's so many rooms. Yeah, like ten. Um, uh, Mark gets this weird attic room with... Because of course. Yeah, with like this little hidden slide inside to the outside. Um, the new neighbors arrive and already judge them because there's a bunch of fast food in their car. Like, bitch. Yeah, the parents and Beans, a.k.a. <laughs> Dylan, uh, they arrive to introduce themselves, and um, immediately Dad just kind of invites them inside to the chaos, because, like, that's the kind of family they are. they're a nice, friendly family. Yeah, so uh, Dylan goes upstairs and starts playing hockey with the boys, even though they're it's inside. Indoor hockey. Yeah. They're like, oh, you play indoor hockey? And they're like, well, if it gets bigger than three on three, they gotta take it outside. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on. So, uh, Dylan is borrowing somebody's skates and ends up falling over the banister and hanging on the chandelier. <laughs> so we get this whole, like, comedic, like, physical comedy scene where Dylan's hanging from the chandelier. Tom tries to go up and help him, but he's hanging from the chandelier. So Dylan is able to fall, and Kate catches him. But Tom, fall, like, the chandelier falls from the ceiling with Tom and breaks into a million pieces on the floor. Everyone's okay. They're all yeah. fine. <laughs> Um, as Dylan is being dragged away by his parents, he goes, you're all invited to my birthday. <laughs> um, and that, okay, so I don't, I don't understand what's happening here. So Tom gets called in for a press conference. Yeah. And then we cut to the kids outside and they're on the porch and they're like, day 14. And then Tom goes to the press conference. So I don't understand the time here. I guess it's another press it's conference. another press conference. Perhaps. I don't know. The kids are still not happy. Um, Charlie goes to sign up for football at the high school because they moved over summer, and he tells them that he wants to be quarterback, and they make fun of him because they're like, we're not in Hodunk Farm Town anymore, kid. You're going to be cornerback. I didn't know what any of that meant when I was a child. Yeah, and they're also like, you better stop wearing that hat. He's wearing a hat that says Midland, Midland, which is where they were from. I don't know why that would matter. Um, so the kids are watching the press conference on TV. Uh, Lorraine comments how dad's already been gone a lot. He hasn't been there. 
Yeah, they're um, all talking about basically how they miss him, but then in the interview, Dad's like, okay, kids, go to bed. So Mom's like, okay, kids, go to bed. Yeah, and that's when she gets a call. But then we cut to Tom coming back home, and he walks into their bedroom to see Lorraine picking out outfits for Mom. Mom tells Tom, Mom tells Dad that her book is getting published, and she has to go to New York for, for a couple days. Um, Kate points out, he's like, well, you know, like, you haven't been home, and, like, can you handle this? And Tom's like, yeah, it's fine. Like, I got it. And he's like, I can also call up Nora, our oldest daughter, for help. Because I can't take care of our kids on my own the way that you can. <sighs> Older children in large families should not be built-in babysitters. The Duggars. They shouldn't just be expected to take care of children. Yeah. That is my opinion. I think that hit... Yeah. <laughs> it parentifies older children. It's not a good thing. Don't do it. Don't expect them. Like, it's one thing if you ask them and also compensate them. But and it's they another... agree, and if they want to. Yeah, but it's another thing if, if you're, you're just, just like, like, you need to come watch your siblings. Yeah. No, they don't. Yeah. And, like, literally, yeah. Mm. So then we cut to one of my favorite scenes out of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> we got to Nora and Hank's apartment. Hank is singing a song. And it goes... I carve a pumpkin with a knife made of a lollipop. <laughs> Which I sing all the time. <laughs> I carve a pumpkin with a knife made of lollipop sticks. Uh, this part was so unimportant to me, I did not write anything. I about love it. this part. <laughs> so Nora's talking on the phone with her siblings, and they're already guilting her into like coming back and helping out. And she's like. She's, like, kind of frustrated because she's, like, I'm trying to, like, have my own life. But then she goes to Hank and she's, like, what if it, we could, like, babysit together? That could be fun. And Hank goes, remember the last time we babysat them? They set me on fire! <laughs> Which my dad says at least once a day. <laughs> Just that quote alone, out of context. <laughs> they set me on fire. <laughs> um, so Hank agrees, but only if they sleep in the same room. So on the, on the phone, Tom and Kate are like, no. And like, what if we invite her over Sunday to discuss logistics? Um, so the kids overhear this, and they agree to work out a plan to, on Sunday to make Nora realize that Hank sucks. Yeah. Which, honestly, good for her siblings for looking out for her. Because <laughs> Hank does suck. <laughs> yeah, so on that day, Dad's outside with the kids. They're playing Apple Schmear, oh, that was like so which fun. is <laughs> where they uh, hit apples with a tennis like, racket. Like mushy apples. Yeah, <laughs> with a tennis racket. Um, so whenever Nora gets there, all the kids run over to say hi to her, but Hank is like, watch out for the car. The LeBaron. The sports car. Back up. It wasn't until years later where I realized the LeBaron was like the na like the model of the car. Like, I remember, like, seeing it somewhere, and I was like, oh, that was a Hank's card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um... He always says, LeBaron! <laughs> yeah, everyone is excited to see Nora. They're all saying hi. Um, so Nora goes inside with Dad, and Hank is kind of, like, moseying Sauntering. around. <laughs> yeah, and so the kids, they're they're up to their pranks already. Few of them. So many laughs. <laughs> pranks. They're Because they're, there's so many of them. They're, like distracting him while some of them trip him with the hose. Yeah, they have this whole plan basically to cause trip Hank to trip and fall in Gunner Gunner the dog, Gunner's bath water. Yeah. Um so then he has to sit in a robe while his clothes get washed. He's sitting there while like four of the kids are just staring at him and I they're just I think it's Jessica. She's like, "Sorry about your clothes, Hank. We'll have them dry in no time." 
And then he does that mocking thing where he goes, Hey, but your clothes, Hank, so him and dry in no time. <laughs> yes, Hank is very mature, obviously. Also, Ashton Kutcher was born for this role. <laughs> um, so, while Hank's clothes are in the dryer, one by one, the kids go into the kitchen and each grab a handful of raw meat. And they create this bucket of raw meat. And they take Hank's underwear out of the dryer and soak it in the raw meat. And then also, they dry it with a hair dryer. I guess they don't want to get the regular dryer all meaty, which is, I guess, good. But I think they would still smell gross. I think Ashton Kutcher, Hank, would realize. I don't know. Um, Hank and Nora sit down with Mom and Dad on the couch. Um, they ask Hank about his job. He is a model slash actor. He was recently in a mouthwash commercial. And it's like he can't escape himself because he's always on TV. And there's always paparazzi, as so he says, hiding in the bushes. And then Nora, in front of her parents, just starts making out with him. Yeah, and Mom's like, hey, Nora, come to the kitchen with me. And she doesn't stop. So she claps and she's like, Nora! <laughs> I, I don't understand why Nora would just start making out with him in front of her parents. Like, there was just a lull in conversation, so she just turns and, like, sticks her tongue in his mouth. I don't know if this is just supposed to imply that because they have 12 children, all of the children are just as horny as they are. I don't know if that's... I did not get that. I don't know if that's the vibe that they're going for. Maybe that's why they don't want them in the same bed. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, this is when Kate's like, Nora, why don't we... Well, because, you know, she doesn't like seeing her daughter like that. She's like, oh, why don't we go look at a picture of your grandma? Pray the rosary. Let's go. Yeah. Um... So, Hank puts his clothes back on, everyone sits down at the dinner table, and that's when the children release Gunner. And Gunner, who smells the meat on Hank's underwear, goes straight for his crotch. So we got this whole scene of Gunner, like, running under the table, like, breaking all the glasses, he starts biting Hank in his crotch, he pushes him off the chair. We've all seen that see that part where Ashton Kutcher is, like, on his stomach and the dog is just going at him. Um, all the kids are cracking up, but Nora is not happy. Yeah. Um, so afterwards, Nora angrily follows Hank out. They're like, Nora, like, we didn't want you to get mad. And she's like, listen, this is my life with Hank. He's my family now. Um, so Tom lines all the kids up in the living room. And he's like, that was wrong. It was funny, but it was very wrong. <laughs> and he knows it was Sarah. Yeah, he does. Okay, I thought this scene was funny as a kid. They're like, okay, who did this? And then they and like, Kyle and Nigel. Nigel. And Kyle, we're both five years old, step forward. <laughs> he goes, who are the masterminds? <laughs> and so then dad does a thing the where beep he, thing. Yeah, with his hand and he's beep, 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 beep. He and knows Sarah. it was Sarah because yeah. he bends down. And Sarah's and wearing like, her iconic frog, her frog hat. hat. I love it. And her pigtails. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he says, you have a dark gift, Sarah Baker, <laughs> which comes back in Super Breath a Dozen too. Uh, almost the same, exact same thing. Um, and he says, he tells them that they're all losing a month's allowance. For a family that can't make ends meet? Well, no, now they can because they, they bought this well, I guess big they, ass Maybe they got an allowance, maybe since they moved there they got an allowance. Yeah, that's what Is I allowance thought. a thing or is this just a myth that Hollywood wants us to believe? I don't, I never had an allowance. I don't know anyone don't, who had yeah, an allowance. Yeah, I don't think I know anyone who ever did, so. Is that a thing, did... Listeners. Maybe it's just a Midwestern thing. We don't do that here. Because <laughs> we're so poor. We gotta make our own. Okay, um, so, let's see. Kate is packing for her trip. She's very, very worried about leaving the kids. And when she leaves the next day, 
she's so nervous about leaving them behind, and the kids are not happy about it, especially since Dad's been away so much at his new job. Yeah, and apparently this is also the first day of school, so yes, horrible timing. The first day of school, and you know what song plays over the first day of school? I'm just a kid. I'm just a kid by Simple Plan. Also, one of the twins is wearing the school, the skirt that I had to wear to school, like my uniform school skirt from grade school, <laughs> so just wanted to point that out there. Yeah, it's um, the first days of school. Um, Charlie and Lorraine get made fun of for driving an old car. Mark gets bullied by Jake Ryan. <laughs> by Cody Lindley. Yeah, okay, this is the confusing part. So they drop the kids off at elementary school, and there's the twins, uh, the girl twins. Jessica and Kim. Yeah, Jessica Mark, and Kim. Mark. Mike. Mike. Jake. Yeah. And I guess the the younger the other twins are in preschool because yeah. they're not there. Yeah, and um, then Sarah and Henry must be in middle school. Yeah, we never see them dropped off at school either. No, but. so it must start like Jake must be in like fifth grade, and then it goes Sarah and Henry in middle school. Yeah, and then Lorraine and Charlie. And, yeah, I think Lorraine and Charlie are next in high school. Yeah. Um. So Kate arrives in New York. She learns that she's actually been booked on tour for a couple weeks, not a couple days. Um, so then we cut to just, like, chaos at the house. Well, yeah, she, she she immediately is like, I can't be gone for two full weeks. And the publisher is like, without uh, doing that, like, there's no book. You can't do this. So yeah. it's one or the other. And she's like, okay, I guess I'll make it work. Yeah, so we cut to the house. It's chores day, but it's also just, like, absolute chaos. Like, Mike is scaling the side of the house. The hoses are flying everywhere because they're washing the car. Nora arrives to help out. Um, Tom is trying to cook while also working and, like, working out football plays. Um, Kim got hit with a dart in the forehead. Food is burning. Sarah empties the dishwasher. And Mike's athletic cup is in there. I did not know what that was when I was a child. I literally thought it was a salsa dish. Because <laughs> she takes it out and, like, the dishwasher is still, like, burning hot. So she, like, throws it and it lands in pasta sauce. Um, both... Either Nigel or Kyle throws up in the kitchen. I don't know which one. Yeah. Um, and then Henry slips in it and also throws up. Mm-hmm. Um, Nora came over to reveal that she got a job, but she ends up leaving because Dad's not paying any attention to her and not excited for her. Well, whenever she walks in, he's immediately like, go do this, go take care of your sibling, go do that. So I kind of understand, but yeah, uh, there is a bleeding child in front of him. Yeah, um, Kate calls, and Tom just tries to pretend like everything's fine because he wants her to, like, have this for her career, even though he is drowning. He literally um, hides in the closet, and, um, as he's, like, on the phone with Mom, she explains that she's gonna be gone longer than expected, um, and again, he's just saying, like, oh yeah, everything's fine. Uh, the twins, the younger twins, throw an axe through the door. <laughs> Where did they get an axe? We don't know. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no one, no one's died. <laughs> but they're like, come on, Dad, stop hiding. Take it yeah. out, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're like spraying it with silly string, and all of a sudden they shove an axe through the door. <laughs> um, okay, so Tom tells each of the kids about Mom. Everyone sucks. They all hate it. He goes to talk to Lorraine. And this, okay, so Tom asks Lorraine if she can, like, help out with babysitting, and Lorraine's like, what? No, like, I don't want to do that. But they're making Nora do it. Yeah, because... Nora's the oldest child, I don't I know. I guess. Uh, cause, yeah, because Lorraine's like, what? No, ew, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> well, um, and she's like, just find someone to help. Like, hire a babysitter. Yeah, and he, and he's, or she's, uh, at first she's like, you need to tell mom to come home. He's like, no, like, that wouldn't be fair to mom. Like, I'm living out my dream, and she gets to live out hers. Um, and he's like, but I can't spend more time at home. So then we get this, uh, like, calling babysitters montage over, help by the Beatles. 
playing the whole time. Mm -hmm. And basically, they all hang up on him when they say when he says he has twelve kids. And I don't think that would actually happen. He could probably just hire like two babysitters. Yeah, these are terrible babysitters. Yeah, like do your job. <laughs> um. So uh, at high school the next day, Jared Padalecki is bullying Charlie for I don't remember why. And they oh, are it's getting... because it's because they had to drop Nigel and Kyle off at preschool, so they had car seats in the car. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, they start making fun of them. And Lorraine, <laughs> bad bitch, Lorraine. She's like, uh, excuse me, we had to take our little brothers to preschool. And then Jared, I don't know why this scene sticks out so much in my mind. He goes, did mommy and daddy go back to the farm? And Charlie's about to, like, go and punch him in the face. But bad bitch Lorraine, she's like, Charlie, knock it off. <laughs> well, yeah, they do that stupid guy thing where they, like, yeah. get all up in each other's face. Like, I don't think about actually, to make out. Yeah, I don't think that actually happens. I think it's just for the tension of movies. <laughs> like, you're not going to kiss. What's the point? Yeah, so Lorraine's like, come on, let's not. Yeah, um, so Charlie, either, like, after school, I think, tries to come, like, he actually tries to come and talk to Dad at work. He starts to say something about, like, listen, like, about, like, very, like, maturely tries to sit down and have a conversation with Dad, even though, like, we know that they've been having problems lately, especially with the move. But Dad just kind of blows him off because something more important at work comes up. Yeah, um, so Dad goes to pick up the elementary school kids, and he is 40 minutes late to pick them up, so they're all obviously unhappy, sitting outside alone, which some unfortunate faculty member would have had to, like, stay with them until they got picked up. Yeah, they probably would have been taken back inside. Yeah, but they're sitting there, they get in the car, they're very upset, um, and they're basically just telling Dad, like, hey, this is fucked up, where's Mom, we miss her, we don't like it here, let's yeah, go home. Yeah, Mark gives him a drawing that he did of his favorite place in the world, and it's a picture of the family back at the house in Midland. Yeah. Um, so, we also get a little scene of Shake, who's basically Tom's boss, being mad at Tom for uh, a meeting with, like, the president of the college, we also get this brief moment of Kate on Regis and Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tom, back at home, calls the kids downstairs, and he's basically like, I can't be at work, I can't be at home, so I've brought my work home. Here is the team in the living room. So he goes, kids, like, everyone downstairs. So Lorraine comes out with, like, a full, like, face mask, and she walks out, and she's like, Dad, college guys? <laughs> and screams and goes back to take off the face she goes, mask. Oh. <laughs> Honestly, classic. So then we get this work from home montage with In Too Deep by Sum 41 playing over. Yeah. <laughs> um, this song comes up a lot at emo night, and every time I say, I know the song from Cheaper by the Dozen. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, during this yeah. montage, we also see the kids still struggling. Yeah, nothing, and nothing's stuff. getting better. Charlie is still getting bullied. They put a bunch of corn <laughs> in his locker. <laughs> in his locker. Honestly, that's just kind of funny. <laughs> Like, if somebody did that to me, I don't think I'd be offended. Like, I'd kind of laugh. It's so stupid. <laughs> it's just boring. <laughs> like, it's so because he's, like, not from the city. Oh, because he's a hick. It's, <laughs> it's funny. It's corn. Honestly, I find that fun. Like, if you guys just, like, put corn in my locker, I'd find that so funny. <laughs> like, oh, you guys got me so good. <laughs> um, Nigel and Kyle get in trouble at school for acting out. Um, Jake, Mark, Jessica, no, Jake, Mike, Jessica, and Kim start a fight with Mark's bullies. 
Um, they're, Cody Lindley. Yeah, so they're walking over there, and they're like, Marge, like, did those guys, like, pick on you or whatever? And he's like, yeah, like, they broke my glasses. So the four of them go up to there, and they're like, hey, like, you've been picking on my brother. And so they all, and so one of them knocks a drink out of the other kid's hands, and he goes, my latte! <laughs> I don't know why I find that so funny. And they just start beating up on these kids with upside-down, sideways visors. Yeah. Um, so Tom gets called in for that. And then Tom also gets yelled at by Shake for not being at work enough. Um, so then at home, because the kids are acting out in school, he grounds the kids. And that's when Mike goes, what's grounded? And I remember watching this as a child, and I was like, how have these kids never been grounded? <laughs> I never got grounded. But you knew what grounded was. Yeah, but I just never had it happen, because I followed the rules. Okay, you also had brothers who were like 10 years older than you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm saying it was a lot easier to get into fights when you had a sister who was two years older than you. And like, I never got like super grounded. I got like grounded from like TV for a day. Yeah. Um, yeah, all the kids uh, yeah, are grounded, so, and they yeah. can't go to Dylan's birthday party, which is a big deal to them. Yeah, so we cut to the day of Dylan's party. He's turning, like, I don't know, 13. He's got, like, an orchestra, a bounce house, catered food, an ice sculpture. Um, all the kids are doing homework upstairs, and Dad is, is with the team downstairs. Um, so Sarah gets fed up, and she calls on all the other, like, elementary school kids, plus Henry, to sneak out and go to Dylan's. Um, so they all arrive at Dylan's with their presents. Mark got him a live snake. Where did Mark get Where, this? I don't know. Where has <laughs> he been keeping it? Probably um, with the stuff. Yeah, so he puts the live snake in a box on the stack of presents. Um, and uh, Mike goes to get the football to play around with that Jake got for Dylan. Um, and in doing so, he, the live snake gets dropped from the box and gets released. So all of a sudden, Tom and the team hear screaming across the street. They realize the kids are gone, and it's probably them that is causing all the screaming. Yeah. So he takes the team across the street, and they're all assigned to grab each of the kids. And bring um, them home. And bring them home. So one by one, each of the team just, like, grabs the kids. <laughs> Tom finds Sarah in the bounce house. Um, she is able to get out, but, like, a pipe falls on where the air is coming in. So the bottom of it starts to, like, rise, and it's about to explode. So everyone flies out of the bounce house, and Tom flies through the air and lands on top of Dylan, sending him to the hospital. <laughs> but Dylan's okay. He said it was the best birthday he ever had. Yeah, but his parents are obviously very pissed. Um, at the same time, Shake calls and says that the players aren't allowed to be at Tom's house anymore, and his kids are not allowed at the school. Yeah, the press is, like, bombarding Tom in the hospital. Yeah. Um, Mom is on a radio show when Sarah calls in and, like, tells her to come home. Um, the kids fight over the phone and it breaks, so they don't get to explain it anymore. Yeah, so then later on, Mom calls Dad, and she's mad that he didn't tell her the truth about what was going on, and she's like, I can come home, but, like, I wish you would have told me this. She's like, I'm coming home, like, I can't believe you, like, Nora took time off from her first job yeah. to come and help. Um, so, and then, like, the next day, she, like, as she's, like, getting on the plane, she leaves a message that Oprah is going to come and film at the house tomorrow to promote the book. Um, so Nora has been stay has been at the house, she's staying there overnight, um, Hank arrives and she secretly lets him in. Um, the next morning, which is Oprah Day and the day Mom is returning home, Mark everyone notices... Everyone is cleaning. Yeah, everyone's cleaning. Mark notices something wrong with Beans. His frog. 
the camera crew arrives. They start to get things set up. Tom is opening the mail, and he learns that Charlie got kicked off the football team. Um, they start fighting, and Charlie basically calls him out for putting himself before the family because he's jealous that Shake got to be, like, the star player in, in college, and he wanted to live some of that glory. He also says that he is dropping out of school and moving back to Midland, and Dad is basically like, just, just graduate high school, please. Yeah. Um, so Charlie leaves when a mom arrives back home. Um, Shake and the college president also arrive on the same day to his house, and they're like, we need to know if you're committed to the football program. And he's like, I'll have your answer by tomorrow. Like, <laughs> yeah. can't you see we're busy? Yeah. <laughs> um, mom opens the hall closet and learns that instead of cleaning, everything was just stuffed in this closet, which, like, mm, um, Tom finds Hank walking out of Nora's room, and he's pissed, but he's like, we'll deal with that later. Um, Kate and Tom are fighting in the bedroom while Kim and Jessica watch. Yeah, the f- and they agree to, they just need to get through the next hour. Yeah, so the whole family is in the living room when Mark announced that Beans died. Um, Sarah is very mean, and is like, no one cares about your stupid frog, FedEx, and he loses it, and everyone starts fighting. The camera crew is like, this is supposed to be a segment for a happy family, and they're just like, nah, like, this isn't gonna work out. Yeah, Dax Shepard calls Oprah, yeah. and he's like, this is not a happy family, we gotta go. Um, Hank and Nora are watching the whole thing from the balcony, and Hank is just like, you don't want this chaos, that's why you're with me, and Nora's like, you mean you don't ever want children? Um, and, like, Nora gets, like, frustrated with her family, but she's never, like, gone to the lengths that Hank has said. So we can, like, already see there's some, like, disagreements here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, she goes downstairs to help control the chaos. Mark runs back to his room. So then we cut to, like, later that night after things have calmed, Kate and Tom are, like, still angry with each other. But then Kate discovers that Mark ran away, leaving a note that says, Big Family Stink. So everyone in the family puts aside their differences to help find Mark. Uh, Charlie apologizes to Dad, and Dad's like, no, like, don't apologize, you were definitely right, like, I was in the wrong. And then, okay, so this instrumental song, it's called Classical Gas, that plays over this whole, like, looking for Mark montage theme. It's really good, it's, like, at night, and it's, like, I don't even know, it's just, like, a, like, guitar picking, I don't know, I love this scene so much. (laughs) Um, Nora gets a call and goes to help search. Uh, Hank is too preoccupied with himself on TV to care that Mark is missing, and so Nora, at this point, has finally had it. Yeah, she leaves him. Mom goes to tell the neighbors and ask them to help, and of course, the other mother is a bitch, and it's just like, with 12 kids, this was bound to happen. You need to take better care of them. But her husband and Dylan are both like, we're gonna go help find this lost child who ran away (laughs) from this family, you fucking bitch. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I hope they get divorced. (laughs) Um, so... Dad is telling the cops about, uh, Mark, like, what he was wearing or where he might have gone, all this stuff. That's when Nora arrives, and she's like, okay, you guys were right, Hank is no good. And she's also like, you know, whenever I tried to run away as a kid, so this isn't the first time. (laughs) She's She's like, I wanted to go to Chicago. Well, it also makes sense, because, like, Nora would have lived in Chicago first. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah, she's like, I wanted to go to my favorite place, and Dad's like favorite place oh i know the where we went. yeah oh my god so then like the guitar ramps up and tom is like running through the train station yeah i love it <laughs> so much he runs onto the train he's looking around he finds mark i don't know who let this child onto the train by himself i don't know how he With had money to buy a yeah. fucking train ticket or carrying how did a he dead get there? frog i don't know did he walk there i don't know carrying a dead frog in a box so anyway, Mark is, I almost cried. <laughs> watching, like, I've seen this a million times. I almost cried watching this as an adult. Um, Mark is on the train. 
they, he says that um, dad didn't keep his promise that they'd be a happier family. So they ride the train back to Midland together. Whenever they get off the train, the whole family is there to greet Mark. And all the kids reassure him that he's an important member of the family. Yeah, and he's like, I thought you all hated me. And they're like, no, we love you. Even though we've been calling you FedEx your entire life. Like, I thought it was like Sarah and Lorraine. But like I said, Sarah and Lorraine, it's an even match. Like, Mark is not equipped. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You need to treat him better. Yeah. But Jake goes, yeah, like, without you, we wouldn't be the 12 Bakers anymore. We'd be like... Eleven. I thought this was the funniest thing I'd ever heard when I was a child. Yeah, um, so back, I guess, I, I don't know where they are, if they're at the Midland Okay, I always thought the they moved home. back to the Midland house, but, I like, looking they, at it, they didn't. Yeah, they didn't. They're, so, they're still at the house in, close to Chicago. Yeah, so they have a funeral for beans. Uh, they make Dad try and say a few words. My dad always laughed at this part, because <laughs> whenever t- uh, Tom says, he hipped, he hopped. He loved hip-hop. My dad lost it every time. <laughs> yeah. So then Tom tells Shake that he's resigning, and Kate reveals that news to the kids, and the kids feel guilty. They're like, no, 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 like, it's fine, like, we'll be better. But Mom's like, no, like, this is his choice. Like, it'll be fine. Um, and so, like, throughout the movie, we've seen, like, whenever the kids were younger, they would hold up this sign in the stadium that said, like, we love the coach. And then, like, throughout this whole experience, the sign's dwindled and dwindled because the kids didn't want to go to the game because they didn't like what their dad was doing blah 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 blah. but then tom is on the field after his last game and the whole family is there and they have the we love the coach sign and they all rush toward him and it's a big group hug and kate Uh, narrates again she says her book was on the bestseller list for 12 months um tom took a new job closer to home and the last scene is christmas dinner everyone's happy we're a big happy family again and the chandelier falls again. Ha ha ha. Um, yeah, I would. I agree. It's confusing because they were like, oh, we found a new job closer to home, which makes it seem like they moved back, but they didn't. I they moved back to Midland. But then I, like, I was watching it and I was trying to look closely because they don't explain Well, the chandelier like, oh. falls. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh wait, that's like the same house that they've been in. And also, like, how are they affording the house still? I know, because Kate said that Tom turned down 12 jobs in order to find one closer to home. Yeah. But it wouldn't, it wouldn't be, like, a Division One school. Yeah. So how is he getting the, uh, I, I, maybe, okay, I guess mom's making a good amount of money from her maybe, book. Maybe, because she said her book was on the bestseller list for 12 months. Yeah, and this, uh, we're assuming, is her second book she's working on. Yeah, maybe this is the movie that that book was turned into, because it is, like, sort of the book that the actual book, the movie the book was based on. <laughs> yeah. So maybe. Yeah, that's the end um, of the movie. Um, but they, then we get a bloopers reel. I love a bloopers reel at the end of a movie. Okay. With Rock and Robin by the Jackson 5 playing. I hadn't watched, like, all of this blooper reel before just because it was the end of the movie, so I would usually, like, turn it off and oh stuff. God, I feel like we skipped the bloopers. Um, I was a kid. I didn't care. I love the bloopers. Anyway, I saw a TikTok before we watched this that was, like, me as a kid, like, watching Cheaper by the Dozen, like, vibing, and then it was, like... And then Charlie kisses mom? Yeah! What the fuck was that about? And I was, like, wait, what? I've never seen that. I have! I remember my dad (laughs) laughing at that, and I was, like, what the fuck? (laughs) Because we get, we get some very, like, nice, we get, like, Nigel and Kyle, they're, like, five years old, and they're, they have to, like, be in the car and be, like, I don't want to go, I don't want to go and the other one's like I did it the goodest I listened the best or whatever something like that I don't know and then we have like Hillary Duff like laughing at the eggs getting thrown in her face it's very fun we have Hillary Duff like tripping and then mom is like whoa Lorraine like quit pulling them back like quit drinking so much <laughs> um 
And then we just got to see where Tom Willing kisses Bonnie Hunt. Huh? <laughs> Why? Where did that come from? I don't know. Why did they do that? And why did they put it in the movie? Why did they put it in the blooper? The whole crew was, like, laughing. Huh? It's so weird. I mean, like, I, I'm sure the actor was, like, in his 20s, I guess. I don't no, know how old. No, like, he was definitely, like, he does not look like a 16-year-old. Well, yeah, I know. But I'm sure he was over 18. I know that. And I, I know Bonnie Hunt probably wasn't as old as she was playing. But still, it's, weird. Why would they put that in there? Weird. <laughs> But why did that happen? I don't know. <laughs> why did Smallville guy kiss Bonnie Hunt? I don't know. So, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I give this movie a 5 out of 5. I love it. <laughs> I give this movie a 4 out of 5 uh, solely because, spoiler, I like Two Brothers and Two better. So I will also give that a 5 out of 5. <laughs> uh, which is what we're watching next week. Yeah, I'm very excited for Two Brothers and Two. Um, that, that's for the it. cup. It's going to be good. It's going to be fun. We're going to see uh, Eugene. Eugene Levy. Amazing. First, the only thing I know Eugene Levy from, I watched It's Creek and I was like, it's Jimmy Murtaugh. <laughs> That's it. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.